Well, uh, today on the broadcast, we are talking about is joy a necessity? And of course, we talked about this Sunday night at the Holy Spirit service, and the joy of the Lord just busted mm-hmm. out in the place. It was one of the coolest nights to watch, and just that joy. And um, really, really just, I love, I love the joy of the Lord. It just breaks stuff off of you. You know, it just, it just breaks stuff off yeah. of you. And um, what we're looking at is, is joy really a necessity? For example, like, you know, God told us in Thessalonians, he gave us a command. And uh, let's, let's look at that, First Thessalonians 5, and I think it's around verse 18. Is it back there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 16, First Thessalonians 5, 16. And it's a really long verse. So um, long. Man, I don't know if we're going to have time. And, yeah. Go ahead and read that, uh, Marky, if you would. Rejoice always. Wow. Cool. That was like, did we just witness a miracle? That was amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How, but look, that's a command from the Lord. Yeah. Rejoice always. Uh, that means never be out of joy. Yeah. So just looking at that verse, is joy a necessity according to the Lord and according to the, yeah. the Bible? Yeah. Yep. yeah, it is. It is a necessity. Joy is a necessity. Put that in the comments. Joy is is a necessity. And uh, joy is a necessity. We need to see that. We need to know that. So then what happens is if we ever find ourselves out of joy, if we find ourselves out of joy, we know, wait a minute, this is wrong. How did I get here? What needs to change course? I need my joy back. I'm supposed to stay in joy. And uh, now you'll notice that he says rejoice always, which means put on joy again. In other words, you had joy once. He's talking to believers in Thessalonica at that church, and he's saying, you had joy once. Where did the joy come from? When did joy appear in your life? And if he's telling us to rejoice always, in Philippians 4 it says, uh, let's go there. Let's look at it and see what it says, Philippians 4.4. Go ahead, buddy. Um. Honestly, whenever I see this, I need to. I, I want to sing it. But rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Yeah. So you have two different commands mm-hmm. to say to rejoice always. But then notice again, it doesn't say joy again, or it doesn't. Well, not it yeah. doesn't say joy in the Lord. It says rejoice in yeah. the Lord. So there is a supply of joy. There's a supply of joy. And yeah. our, and we had joy when he's talking to believers, to the church in, the, in uh, the Philippian church, when he's talking to the Thessalonian church. He's telling both of those believers there, believers, put on joy again, which shows us that every believer yeah. had a dose of joy at some mm-hmm. point, yeah. and it's their responsibility to put on that joy again, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, when would they have had that joy? When did every believer gain joy? Yeah, when they're born again, and uh, we'll go a little bit further, but when, how can they keep it? And, you know, that joy is a product of the Holy Spirit, yeah. the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, mm-hmm. right? So when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, we have an endless supply of that joy. Yeah. So when he tells us to rejoice always, and again I say rejoice, how many times is he saying the same thing? He's trying yeah. to get it through to us. Joy is a necessity. But what he's, when he's telling us to put on joy again, one of the things he's telling us to do is be filled with the Holy Ghost yeah. so that you can have the product of joy yeah. 
over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. So he's showing us that joy absolutely is uh-huh. a necessity, and our and you had joy. You had joy. Did it come by from ourself? No, it came through <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Joy came through Jesus, yeah. right? And so joy came through the Holy Spirit. Joy came through God, yeah. right? Joy is a product of who God is. Mm-hmm. And uh, so one of the things that we need to see, and we're, we answered the question already, is joy a necessity? Absolutely, it's a necessity. And it will help you to win and to be saved and to protect you and to keep you from the bad things that the devil wants to do, steal, kill, and destroy. Joy will keep you. Joy will protect you. Right, yeah. and uh, so is it a necessity in our lives to live where God wants us to live? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting is if you really look at the wording, I, I don't know why, but the the flesh likes to look at scriptures and be like, mm, okay, and like not really take it seriously. Mm-hmm. But like the way that like First Thessalonians five sixteen is worded, it says rejoice always. Like. If I had my phone right here and you were like, pick up your phone, would I be like, I don't, I don't know what he really wants. Like, I don't know if he's really asking me to do that. Does he really yeah. want me to pick up your phone? What's like, he getting to? What, yeah, yeah, like, mm, I guess that's a suggestion. Like, uh, mm, maybe he wants that, but I don't, I don't know if he really means that. Like, the way this is worded is very plain. Yeah, it's, it's very clear. He's not saying... Do this if you want to. Do this yeah. if you feel like it. He's saying, do it. Rejoice always. Yeah, That's a yeah. command. That's not like a, I think it would be beneficial for you sometimes to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you had somebody that wasn't trustworthy and they said, uh, come here for a minute, your mind would immediately go, why do you want That's me to come tr- here? That's true. Why do you want me to come here? What That's are you true. going to do? Uh, and so you're thinking, you know, a couple of layers deep, like when I go there, what's going to happen? Why are you doing this? Because they're untrustworthy. But when he says rejoice always, our brain, is he trustworthy? And our brain shouldn't go to, why is he telling me to rejoice always? Yeah. You know, what, is there something lurking in the shadows that, you know, yeah. no, we just go, oh God, you are so trustworthy. You are so faithful. If you're telling me to rejoice always, oh, amen. And I'm all in, you know, and you jump in the deep end of joy. Yeah, you know, that's the deep point. end of joy. And so he's trustworthy. He is worthy of being trusted and of our trust, right? And so when he says rejoice always, and then Philippians, he says rejoice, and again, rejoice always, and again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. In the Lord always. In the Lord always. Notice that you're not rejoicing necessarily in yourself and what you're bringing to the table. Yeah. You're rejoicing in what the Lord has already brought to the table. So I'm not, I'm not, so think about this. If, um, if you come to a place, um, let, let me, let, let me put it like this. Let's say that you go to a restaurant and you, and you actually are sitting there. Help me to explain this, Lord. Uh, let's say that you go to a restaurant and you are actually sitting there and you're waiting on food and you're hungry, okay? And then you're sitting there at the restaurant and you're hungry and you're sitting there going, 
Well, I sure wish they'd bring me the food. I wish I, am I at the right place? Because right now I feel hungry. Am I at the right place? Am I, I don't know if I'm at the right place. I feel hungry. I must not be at a restaurant. No, you're at a restaurant. You're sitting at the table. You're at the place to be fed. The issue is if you live by feelings, you'd get up and walk out of the restaurant. So what the Lord's saying right here is that rejoice in me always. You're not waiting. You're going to have feelings of non-rejoice. You're going to feel like not rejoicing, not being in the joy. But that doesn't mean that you get up and walk out of the restaurant. You rejoice in who the Lord is and what he's already done. The meal is coming. And I start, I place my order not wondering if I'm going to get food at some point. I, I place my order in faith. Like, yeah, they're going to bring it. Why? Because I'm paying them. That's their business. That's who they are. That's their character. That's yeah. their nature. So I can be sitting in, at the table of life and I'm not feeling joy. But God's not saying, you know, uh, you know, try to put on joy in yourself or in your own feelings. He's saying, rejoice in me. Always rejoice in who I am, rejoice in what I've done, right? And so he's given us a command to always do that, no matter if we're in the valley of the shadow of death or we're on the mountain of his glory. No matter where we are, in from the valley to the mountaintop, doesn't matter. No matter where we are, sit down at the table of God's joy and put on faith and expectation on purpose. Put on joy again, yeah. right? It's yeah. a necessity. Yeah. And so then he and then he says he repeats it again. I say rejoice. I mean, this must be very important, and we're going to see why it's important. And tomorrow, I want to give you this already. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about. How do I rejoice always? How Tomorrow will be, how do I rejoice always? How does rejoice always come to pass in my life, okay? But today we're going to talk about the necessity of that joy. We need joy in our lives. If we didn't need joy, he wouldn't have made those commands, would he? If we didn't need joy, he'd have just left them out. But he told us that because we need it, right? Yeah. All right, now, the first thing I do want to look at is this, is... Uh, and we looked at this Sunday, and, and this is, we've got some of the notes from Sunday at the Holy Spirit service. If you didn't watch Holy Spirit service, uh, we'll put the link up so you can watch it. It was great, uh, and we talked about the necessity of joy, but this will go a little bit different direction today, and it'll give you more insight and give you more revelation on it. So one of the things that you see about this is, and I went over this verse, I just love this verse, 1 Kings one forty. 1 Kings 1.40 says, All the people went up after him, and the people were playing on flutes and rejoicing with great joy. And watch what happens at, at their determination to rejoice with great joy, what happened, so that the earth shook at their noise. Yeah. And I said, this is one of the mm -hmm. first things I said Sunday night, you are earth shakers. You are earth shakers. God has designed us to be earth shakers. How are we going to do it? With joy. Yeah. And let me do the reverse of that. How are we not going to shake the earth without joy? Right? So mm -hmm. when he tells us, in other words, if we want to be earth shakers, we got to learn to put joy on. If we, if we uh, don't want to shake the earth, we don't want to have an eternal award with God, we don't want to get well done, good and faithful servant, then leave joy alone and don't purpose yourself to go into it. 
But if you want to, you know, we were we were listening to that song earlier. You know, I forget the name of it. We were listening to Child of Love. Child of Love. And it said, I, I'm climbing the mountains. You know, I'm, I'm going to climb, climb the mountain. Yeah, I'm going to climb the mountain. If you want to climb the mountain, if you want to be everything that God has called you to be, if you want to do great my things and get well done, good and faithful servant, you're going to have to find and put on joy. You're going to have to. You're going to have to find joy. You're going to have to put on joy. Amen. Put that in the comments right now. I'm an earth shaker. Mm. I am an earth shaker. I put on joy. Amen. I am an earth shaker. I put on joy. Make it yours. If you can't comment right now, say it out loud. Shout it out the window of the car, whatever it is. (laughs) I'm an earth shaker. I put on joy. Get some passion about you. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. (laughs) Uh, Do it on purpose. Amen. I heard him in the the room. I'm an earth shaker. Yes, you are. Amen. I agree with you. So be it. All right. Amen. It is. So one of the things I want you to see, and I think this is very important because a lot of people, amen, Miss Debbie, good to see you. Good to see you. Um, one of the things that a lot of people mistake is that they think that happiness is joy. Happiness and joy are two different things. Yeah. Uh, joy is a fruit of the spirit. Happiness is an emotion. Happiness is temporary. Joy is eternal. Okay? Yeah. Joy is an eternal thing. So let me just give you, happy means uh, blessed, fortunate, lucky. It's an emotion from a manifestation. If I laid you know, $1,000 right here and say, hey, here, be blessed, you're going to be happy, right? You're, if, you, if you needed that, wanted that, if it means something to you, you're going to be happy. Now watch this. I can take that same $1,000, lay it in front of a millionaire. There's $1,000. That might not produce happiness in them. Produces happiness in you, but not in the millionaire. Why? Because it doesn't mean as much to the millionaire. But where you where you're coming from, you esteem that. You see the value of it, and and you might not even need it, right? You might not even need it, but you say, I can turn that thousand dollars. I can sow it into the kingdom. I can win souls with this money, and praise the Lord. And you can be happy because of your perspective. So happiness has everything to do with your perspective, and it's emotion based off a of manifestation. But can't that come and go? I'm reminded in marriages, in, in marriages many times, people live by happiness and that's what sinks them because feelings for their spouse come and go. You know, Well, when we met and we were in our early 20s, man, my spouse, they were hot. Well, you know, have a couple of babies, get some money in your pocket, now you got money for snacks and cokes and everything, and all of a sudden the hotness might fade away, you know. And all of a sudden they're not happy anymore, and that's why people get divorced because they didn't marry from the place of the fruit of the spirit and joy and make a choice and a commitment. They married for an emotion, and when that emotion goes, they they're sunk, right? Yeah. Because they lived for that emotion. Yeah. Well, happiness is like that. We wa- I want you to be happy. I, God wants us to be happy. But happiness in this world is likely to go up and down based off of what's going on in that moment. So I, we don't live by happiness. Put that in the comments. We, as believers, and everybody should, but we don't live by happiness. 
Because we don't live by emotion. Yeah. If we live by emotion, what's our life going to be like? Yeah. It's going to be like that all the time, right? Yeah. Well, we don't know. We're called to be stable. We're called to be on base, uh, sitting on the foundation, stable, right? Yeah. That's what we're called to be. So if we live by our emotions, we live by happiness, it's going to be up and down. And so happiness is a fleshly location, right? A fleshly location, and it's temporary. It's not necessarily stable, and it's not necessarily long-lasting, so we don't live by that. But joy, however, is a fruit or a product of the Holy Ghost. Joy is something, now watch this, as long as you have the Holy Ghost, should you have joy? Yeah. All the time. Yeah. All the time. It is a fruit and a product of that. Joy, in, in the definition, is a calm delight. Not anxious, cheerfulness and gladness. So see, stuff can come, the storm comes against your life. And you're being blown all around. Your happiness is gone. You're being blown all around. But on the inside of you, you can have a calm delight even in the middle of the storm. So the outside might be being shaken, but inside, oh, you're good. Why? That's the joy of the Lord. And it'll give you strength. In the midst of it. So what you see is joy is a calm delight, not anxious. Joy is joy has if you are in anxiety, then you are allowing an emotion to run you instead of the fruit of the spirit. Instead of letting the the spirit move through you in joy, you're allowing the situation of the world. You're living by sight, by feelings, by the flesh, instead of by the spirit. Okay. Yeah. And and we know that a mind set on what the flesh is death. Yeah. It brings death and lack into our lives, but a mind set on the spirit is life and peace, all right? Yeah. So joy is a calm delight, not anxious, no anxiety, cheerfulness and gladness. It's a sense of peace on it all. Do put that in the comments. Joy is my calm delight. You can put it like this. Joy is my calm delight in the Lord. I can have joy in the middle of a storm. I can have joy. You know, the, the other week when uh, our dog got hit by the car and it looked like she was going to die, right? We literally, we had just talked about being in the storm and what do we do? We set our eyes on Jesus. We stepped into the house and we made sure that we purposed our mind to exit the anxiety of the moment and to step into the calm delight of the Lord. And we start worshiping God. And it took us a few minutes to get our head wrapped around that, let go of the flesh and, and move into the product of the spirit. But we started praising God. We started praying. It was a calm, and we found that rest, that calm delight in the Lord. And 30 minutes later, walked outside, and I called, the Lord said, call the dog in. And all of a sudden, the dog comes, comes in on, under her yeah. own power. Something had happened. Something had changed. I was sitting there like, oh, my goodness, look at this. Joy yeah. produced a saving even of our pet. Yeah. Joy produced that. You see, yeah. a calm delight in the Lord. So then you see that joy is a fruit that we can constantly walk in. As long as we have God and as long as we have the Holy Ghost, we can walk in that. It is potentially, if we, if we will allow it, joy is potentially, if we will allow it, 
a permanent state of being in his present. In his present. Look at 1 Chronicles 16.27. 1 Chronicles 16.27. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. The joy of the Lord is in his presence. Where his place is, there's joy. So now watch this, just using logic. If I don't have joy, where am I not? I'm not in his presence. I'm not in his place. So the first thing I need to do is I need to get into his presence. And I need to receive that joy again. So I, I, can't, I can't stay outside of his presence. I've got to have his presence. I need yeah. his presence because in his presence is fullness of joy. And his joy is my strength, right? Yeah. We have a necessity for joy. It's not an emotion. It can produce emotions, but it is a fruit. It is a product of God that every believer has access to, yeah. and we have a command to access it. Yeah. Put that in the comments. Joy, joy is a fruit that we have access to, and we are commanded to access it at all times. Joy is a fruit that we always have access to, and we are commanded to access it at all times. Yeah. Amen. Hey, Evangelist Mark, we love you too. Good to see you. Hi. So joy is a fruit that we have always have access to, and we are commanded to always access it. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is I just really started kind of, you were pointing it out to me this morning, was um, I've kind of... I've kind of waited for joy to just be had to me, <laughs> like waited for to be handed to you. Yeah, like, um, like, well, I'm not in the Lord's presence, so let me let me try to get in the Lord's presence, but like, <laughs> do it in a way that's not really, yeah. it's not really acting on joy. That's more so just waiting for it to happen. I've done that in services a lot. I've done that, like, when the joy has been manifesting in a service, I've a lot of times been like. <laughs> like Hit like, me, Jesus. <laughs> overtake me. I know that's technically not biblical because you're a gentleman, but overtake me. You do it. I mean, I like, but what's all in all of this, it's, it's, there's a lot. Talk. He's saying to do it. You do it. You yes. rejoice always. Yes. Not you wait for God to rejoice for you and just bam, he hit you with it. That's great but revelation. You walk into his presence, you put yeah. it on, you step into it. And yes. It's really important. Let's say that, you know, in this building, let's say there's a room over here that's an office, and in that office is, you know, a billionaire that really loves you, a billionaire, right? And you need to pay a million-dollar bill. Well, to a billionaire, that's just one one-thousandth of what they owe. They love you. They would give you that, right? And if you'll, get, if you'll get together with the billionaire, if you'll get together with the billionaire, you'll get that need met, right? Okay, so let's assume that in this, in this situation, in this example. But if you don't get together with the billionaire, you're not going to get it, Right? The billionaire's place is in that office, but you're sitting in another part of the building. Well, how right is it for us to sit back and go, well, if that billionaire comes here, then I'll get it. Well, if he, he needs to come see me. Yeah. He needs to come see yeah. me. If he doesn't come, he doesn't love me. If he doesn't come, then he must not want it for me. Yeah. Well, that's not true. The billionaire is doing business. He's being the billionaire. He's being who he is. I need to go get in his place. 
If I don't have the solution and he will give me the solution, then I need to go to his place because in his place is the solution. In his place is the joy. So it's not the billionaire that needs to relocate to my crummy atmosphere. It's me who needs to relocate to his because his atmosphere is filled with joy, filled yeah. with strength. His atmosphere is filled with the solution. Yeah. So it, it, it's exactly what you're saying is we don't sit there waiting on him to come to us. We go to him. And, and isn't that humility? And isn't mm. sitting back like, smack me with it, Jesus. Smack, isn't that prideful? Because we're like, you come to me. He's already come to us. He's already come to us. He's already come to the earth and done everything he needs to do. It's now. And remember, we, we were talking about it some. Matthew 11. You know, Jesus didn't say, if when you need joy, I will come to you and, and, and I will help you. That's not what he said. He gave a command and he said, Matthew 11, he said, come to me and I will, you will find rest for your souls. Take my yoke upon you and it will be easy and light, right? In other words, come to me, two things, two commands, come to me, do it my way, and it'll, you'll have, be in rest, and it'll be easy and light. And we're sitting back like, Jesus, come fix it! <laughs> come fix it! Come fix it! And, and, and he's like, that's not how this works. <laughs> no. In other words, by us saying, come fix it, we're, yeah. we're already breaking what he told us to do. So. <laughs> it just reminded me of like, if I'm sitting, like if I'm sitting on the couch or whatever, and Luke's there, and I'm like, Luke, um, go give me a soda. If he brings me the soda, did I do something? Did I technically do something? All I did was ask him to get it. I wasn't actually doing anything. That's the right. difference between if I actually get up, get up off my butt and go get the soda, or if I'm telling him to get it. Like, and we're just trying to tell, you know, God, you do it, you do it, you do it, and then not yeah. trying, not getting up and doing it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. Like, serve me. Yeah. He's already served us. Yeah. Exactly. He served us at the cross. He served us. He served us with his victory. He served us with his nature. He's already done that. So we have to take the responsibility of moving into his place and receiving that solution, not sitting back. And you know, like in Isaiah it says, you know, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That's an intentional moment, an intentional motion that okay, I feel the the garment of heaviness, right? I feel it. I've been living it. But on purpose, I take that off and I put on praise. I put on the garment of praise. This is who I am. This is a cloak. And think about this. If you put on a garment, you feel the garment with yourself, F-I-L-L. You feel that garment with yourself, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make praise be a part of who I am. You see, I'm going to make praise. I'm going to put it on myself, and I will feel that with my heart. I'm not just letting it happen to me. And in other words, if I put on the garment of praise, but I sit there like this, is it really a garment of praise? No, I've got to have a continuing action that I take that praise, and I feel I put myself into it, right? I put myself in the place of God. And this is where in order to have victory and have the strength of God, we must put ourselves in the place of his presence, in the place of his joy, and expect joy to go to work. Not just sit back and, you know, all right, Jesus, 
come to me and do everything. No, he's, he's, he's empowered us to go to him. He said, look, it's kind of it's like this. I'll come and I'll make it all ready. And where you couldn't come to me before, you didn't have the strength to tell the flesh no. You didn't have the ability to even get to me. I'm going to come make a place where you can humbly enter into and all the answers will be there. And I'll break the bondages of what was holding you back from getting there. And I'll strengthen you to get there. But you're going to have to take the responsibility and the faith to say, I'm going, no flesh, I'm going to do this. So if we just sit there the whole time like, do it to me, Jesus, you know, do whatever it is I need you to do, then we're taking no responsibility. It's faith without works, which isn't faith. And we're just sitting there like, and how do we overcome the world? What did he say? What's his way of overcoming the world? Our faith. So if I'm sitting there acting like I'm in faith, but I'm taking no effort to move into the place of God, I'm not being faithful. That's not faith at all, right? But if I'll be faithful and I'll, and I'll move to that place, then I'll move into the place of God. I'll move into the place of joy and I'll be filled with his joy. Amen? Yeah. Nothing? You just listen? <laughs> no, I, I really do like that, though, because, like, in his presence is joy. I, I've, I've, what I've done is I've been like, oh, okay, I don't feel joy, so I'm not in his presence. Nah, that's not good. Great. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm in a mess. Great. <laughs> and just been like, well, that's <laughs> how it is. <laughs> not knowing that I could do anything about it. Yeah. And just been like, like expecting it all just to be done to me. And like, I can't do anything. Like, yeah. oh, man. Well, I'm such a failure. I'm not in his presence because I don't feel his joy. I am so bad. <laughs> and it just goes worse. And I'm not even with God. God. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, well, this isn't working. No, it's working. You're just applying the wrong principle. So yeah. I really get a kick out because your dad said, Marky, can you <laughs> yeah. get me a soda? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. He's teasing me. Yeah. They, uh, so you can see that we, we can't just sit there and, and look around at our circumstance that doesn't have joy and then get upset and irritate. I'm just in the bad place. That's the exact opposite of what he's told us to do. That's literally taking his yoke and saying, nah, Jesus, I ain't doing that. You see what I mean? That's, that's us not coming to him. That's us rejecting his ways. And so it's going to be hard and heavy, and we're not going to be rested because we're doing it opposite of what he said to do. Yeah. So we've got to say, oh, no, all right, I don't feel like it right now, but I know that if I will do what he commanded me to do, if I will come to him and do it his way, what I'm feeling will change. And by faith, I know and I believe it will change in Jesus' name. Now, we start doing that when we don't feel like it. When we feel the, the spirit of heaviness, we start putting on the garment of praise even when we don't feel like it. We start moving into the presence of Jesus, and all of a sudden, the more we do it and the closer we get, the more we actually feel the joy. And then we feel the happiness, and we're like, doggone, this does work. Praise <laughs> the Lord. I didn't feel like it, but I'll, how, many, how many of us have actually, you know, you did not feel like praising but at one point, or you didn't feel like praying, or you didn't feel like reading your Bible, any of that that has to deal with fellowship with God, but you started doing it, and all of a sudden, you felt better. 
Yeah, right? <laughs> right. All of Why? Because when we do it God's way, it works. But if we sit back, how many of us have sat there and we just were looking at our situation, realizing that we're just so low and it's not working, and we continue to sit, sit there and it got better? <laughs> Did not get better. It never gets better <laughs> Did like not that. Get better. And even if it gets better like later down the road, it's because at some point we actually did on a little level let go of that thinking. That's the only way it gets better. But as long as we sit there, it doesn't get better. It doesn't get better. So it's kind of like you miss all the pitches that you don't swing at, right? So a batter gets up playing baseball. Every pitch they don't swing at, they're, they're immediately not going to get on base with that one because they didn't swing at it. Now, they're waiting for the right pitch, but the issue is at some point, you got to swing the bat. Well, at some point, you've got to leave that way of thinking. You're not going to get better and if you don't recognize the necessity of joy, yeah. the necessity of joy. What does what what would you say? Because in our in our culture, in it's so not normal to have joy to the point that sometimes uh, the flesh can almost be like that's inappropriate, or that's not normal, or you're weird, or whatever. What does that look like on a for God's normal, not the world's normal? What does God's normal in that way look like on a day to day basis? Because I think a mistake I've made is just, well, this is normal. It's normal to just be like, Bleh. like it's normal to just come into work in the morning and be like, man, you know, I'm just tired. Like, you know, and I've just kind of accepted that. So what does that. joy look like what in is God's it, normal? Like, and not just like in a service or whatever, but like when the yeah, service is over and it's time to live your life, what does that look Great like? Great question. It's right here. A calm delight. And you said that earlier and I'm like, I don't. I haven't necessarily seen joy as like calm. Like, because yeah. in services, it's it's it can be manifesting very loudly or whatever. Yeah. Well, but joy can manifest. You think why would why would somebody bust out in laughter? Ultimately, they have received a delight and a calmness of the Lord that they're comfortable enough to bust up. <laughs> right? They're so at peace. And delighted in the Lord, they can laugh. So laughter is not joy by itself, but it is a manifestation of the calm delight of the joy of the Lord. You know, so when you go, and you you might be wondering where did I get calm delight from? When you go into the original language of of the Greek, and you see that it actually means a calm delight. So the, when he says joy, he's it's kind of like hope means you know. Joyful, confident expectation. The word hope means joyful, confident expectation. Joy means a calm delight. Yeah. You see? And so it's a calm delight, a cheerfulness, and a gladness. And think about this. If I'm, how can I be, how can I be in cheerfulness in the middle of a storm? How can I be in gladness and without anxiety and in a calm delight in the middle of the storm? Because I've received, I know who God is. And in the middle, this storm may be raging, but I have a God that calms the storms. And I delight, I have a delight, like, God, you're about to change the storm. I don't know how this is going to look and what it's going to feel like, but you're about to change it. See, we're trusting in God. We're receiving the character and nature of God. Remember, joy is a 
product of the Spirit, a fruit of the Spirit. So what we're doing is we're saying, I receive who you are in this situation. And right now, there may be a storm raging in my head. There may be a storm raging physically all around me. But Lord, I don't, this storm doesn't supersede you. This storm's not on the throne. Jesus is Lord. Jesus has the dominion in this storm. And so it's receiving the product of who God is, even in the midst of an unhappy situation. It's the calm delight. So it's like, that's why I'll ask people, it's like, you going to have a good day? Yeah. And what am I doing? I'm getting them to think ahead of time, who is God in my day? Yes, I'm going to have a good day. Yes, it's going to be awesome. Why? Because I have God with me. There's a joy in that. There's a calm delight. There's no anxiety. Like, there may be stuff that I'm faced with, but I can have calmness in it, you know? I can have calmness in the middle of it. You can see people that are passionate. Think about this. At what point, so Jesus never sinned. At what point did Jesus not have joy? He felt the pressure of the emotions. He felt the pressure, but he was still in joy. Way to work that out, buddy. Good job. <laughs> there are moments where I'm like, is there a trick part to this question? Yeah. Jesus was always. Well, think about when he knocked the money changers out of the temple, right? Was Jesus in joy while he was, you know, driving them out of the temple? Yes, he was. How can he be in the middle of that situation and still have joy? Now, he had a righteous indignation and a righteous anger at that moment, mm-hmm. but he still was in joy. Because he had a sense of peace on it all. Yes, he had a sense of peace even in the middle of it. He knew he was doing what the Father said. He had a calm delight, and although he was angry, he wasn't anxious. No, this needs to change. This is not right, but it'll work out. It'll work out, right? I have a cheerfulness and a gladness because I know this is working out right now. See, those money changers were just as demonic as the storm on the sea. And he, all he did was he, in his joy, he brought peace to it. Joy is that peace. When he spoke peace to that storm, he's not just speaking peace. He's speaking out of a place of joy. Joy is a necessity. Go to um, Isaiah 12, 3. I have the handy Bible. Isaiah chapter 1. 12, 3, I believe it is. Barrett said, it's why Pastor told me I wasn't a joyful person years ago. I had lots of unrestrained unrestrained bursts of laughter, but I wasn't (laughs) calm or delighted internally. Internally, I was out of rest. Good revelation. Hmm. Interesting. Isaiah 12, 3. Therefore, you will joyously draw water from the springs of salvation. Read it in the American, or King James, yeah. I think it is. Um, verse 3. Isaiah 12. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. So, the pieces of our salvation, intimate fellowship with God, healing, prosperity, protection, restoration, deliverance, all of those pieces. How do we draw salvation 
out of the wells of salvation with joy. So now think about this. Can I be healed if I'm not fully walking in joy? At the very least, I'm going to have a, really, a much harder time at it, right? Mm-hmm. So is joy a necessity? So when he tells us to rejoice always, is he telling us grin and bear it? You know, well, <laughs> this stinks. Good luck with that. Rejoice in the middle of it. We'll see you on the other side. Maybe. <laughs> is that what he's telling us? No. Good luck with it. No. Grin and bear it. No, he's given us the key to step right out of it. He's saying in the middle of the storm, put on joy. In the middle of the storm, and that's your weapon. Rejoice always at the top of the mountain of glory, in the bottom of the valley of the shadow of death. Rejoice everywhere in between, no matter where you find yourself. Find your calm delight in the Lord and who he is. Lord, I praise you. I worship you. I give you the glory. You're so awesome. You're not you're not telling me to grin and bear it and put up with it. Yeah. No, you're showing me how to He's always leading us to triumph in Christ. Thanks be unto God, yeah. who manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him who is joyful and I can be yeah. joyful about the knowledge of him is the product of him, the fruit of him in every place. In every place. So he wasn't telling us, you know, uh, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He wasn't telling us rejoice always in Thessalonians or in Philippians. He wasn't telling us to grin and bear it. He was telling us, put on joy. Come to me. Move into the calm delight of the knowledge of who I am in your life because that thing can't stay. So no matter if you find yourself under attack or in a storm or in the best of the best places, put on joy, stay in that place with me in my presence, come to me, (laughs) do it my way, and you'll have the victory. It's a necessity. Now, of course, we read this the other night talking about Nehemiah uh, chapter 8, verse 1 through 12. We're not going to read all of, of that But basically, uh, they got to this place, and they were rebuilding the wall in Jerusalem and everything, and uh, they get to the place where they just start weeping and mourning. They're in the wrong heart. They're not in a calm delight. They're in in a worldly mourning, and uh, this is really important. And he says, uh, watch this, in verse 9, then Nehemiah, uh, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people said to all the people. Now, he's about to give them a prescription of how to win and how to move into the victory of God. He's going to give them a prescription of how to move to triumph. Watch what he says. He says, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn and weep. Stop it. (laughs) Stop it. Don't mourn and weep, right? Don't mourn and weep. For all the people were weeping when they heard the words of the law. They were reminiscing on everything they'd been through. They started pitying themselves, feeling sorry for themselves. They were mourning and weeping in the wrong in the wrong way. And Nehemiah says, here's the prescription for you to win. And, and you can see it very clearly. Verse 10, then he said to them, go, eat of the fat. Now this is important. Eat of the fat, drink of the sweet, Send portions to him who has nothing prepared. In other words, you've like saved up. You've been waiting for a day to celebrate. Today's the day of celebration. And and put that in the comments. 
Today is my day of celebration. (laughs) Today, all caps, today is my day of celebration. Look what he says. Eat the fat, drink the sweet. In other words, all this stuff you've been saving up because you were worried if you were going to have enough, spend it, right? Give it. Spend it, give it, because today is the day of salvation. Now, how is he going to move to that day of salvation? Don't mourn or weep, but he says, go eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions to him who has nothing prepared, for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Levites calmed, calmed all the people, they calmed them. Uh, stop being all worked up. Calm down. It's going to be okay. The Levites, the priests, calmed all the people saying, be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went away to eat, to drink, to send portions, and to celebrate a great festival because they understood the words which have been made known to them. This today is your day of celebration. Today is your day of salvation. And what is the weapon that the Lord gave them to win the victory? Joy. Yeah. Stop mourning. Stop weeping. Start, stop being grieved. Calm yourself and enter into the joy of the Lord. Because when you do that, the strength of God will come on you and victory will be yours. Yeah. Is, yeah. all right, question. Is joy a necessity? Yeah. Yes, it is. Is joy a necessity? Have you gotten something out of it today? Tomorrow we're going to talk about how to rejoice always. But can you see the necessity of joy? The weapon of God in that joy, that calm delight. No anxiety. And and you can see why he says, fear not. Be anxious for nothing. For nothing. Fear not. Be anxious for nothing. Cast your cares on the Lord. Why? Because he cares for you. But see, we've got to do something. We've got to take action on our faith. What is he telling us to do when he says, don't be anxious for anything? What's he doing? He's telling us, stay in joy. Yeah. Stay in joy. You may find yourself in the shadow of the valley of death, but stay in joy. I'm leading you through it, right? You may find yourself on the mountaintop of God's glory. But you stay in joy there, in the middle, at the bottom, in the dark, in the light. Stay in joy. Stay in joy. It's the weapon of God to bring peace to the storm. Amen? Amen. It's the weapon of God to bring strength to his people that will be the weapon for their day of victory and celebration. Amen? Amen. Is today your day of celebration? Is it your day of victory? If it is, then you've got to stay in joy. Be anxious for nothing. Find that calm delight of who God is. He's your Savior. He's your Lord. He loves you with an everlasting love. What do we have to be afraid of? If God be for us, who can be against us? What will separate from his love? Will death, will, will all of these things, will demons, will people? No, nothing will separate us from his love. Yeah. And when that becomes a reality, we can stay in that place of joy. And if we, if we miss the place of joy, go back to God. Get in his place. Meditate on who he is, how much his love is so strong for you. See who he is and find that joy. Put it on, amen, and it'll be your strength. And today will be your day of celebration and victory. Amen? Amen. Father, right now, we just pray for every person that's here in this. 
Lord, let today be their day of victory and celebration. Let today be the overflow. And we praise you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, let that joy be poured out on every person that's hearing this message, either live or in the archive. Lord, let that day of joy, that day of celebration, that day of victory be today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And just say it with me. Say, Lord, I receive a calm delight, a cheerfulness, and a gladness in you now. I receive it now. I have it. I put on joy. I stay in joy. It is my necessity. And I will rejoice always in you. Amen. Glory to God. Praise God. We just love you so very much. Did y'all get something out of that? Yeah. Amen. Lord to God. It's good stuff, isn't it? Yeah, very it's a, good. It's a necessity. Yeah. Can you see where we've missed it before? And we yeah. need to change course on that, right? Yeah. I have too. But yeah. we got to stay in that place. And I'll tell you, this has been, uh, you know, some people are like, how, how have you succeeded? How have you stayed going? This, this. When I know who God is over what I'm seeing, then I can have a sense of calm delight and peace in him because I know who he is, right? And he'll do the same. I'm not special in, in that, well, he'll do it for Brian, but not do it for Buddy, that he'll do it for me, but not for Marky. He'll do it for me, but not for you. No, he loves you with an everlasting love. His promises, all of these promises that we read, are, are did they just have my name on it? Did they just have pastors on it? No, that's for every believer, so if it's for every believer, you can have it just like I have it, you see? Just like I walk in, you can walk in. We just have to do it. So, Father, we just thank you for it. We praise you. Uh, we, you know, we give this broadcast to the world every single day to help people. Do you know somebody that, that you think this message today would help them or the message tomorrow is going to help them how to, how to stay uh, in joy, how to always, how to always rejoice? You think it's going to do it? Share the broadcast. Like, subscribe, send the link to them, and uh, get, hit the share button, copy the link, and send it to them. Post it somewhere. Yeah. Uh, we're right at 200 followers, so glory to God. One day we'll look back at it and be like, oh my goodness, 200 followers. We can get that in 30 minutes today. <laughs> you know, but right now that's where we're at. Hey, help us get over that. We're, yeah. we're ready to be over 200. We've been, we've been in the 100 range for too long. Share it with somebody. Say, just go subscribe to this on YouTube, you know. And uh, But also, if you would like to help us get the broadcast out, we sow it freely every single day into people. Uh, if you'd like to partner with us, you can go to giveww.org. There's the information uh, at the bottom of the screen. You can give PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, Facebook, text to give cryptocurrency, I feel like I forgot one, but you can give one time or you can give on a recurring basis at giveww.org. And the Bible says that the grace that you're operating in, it will be passed into the people and that grace, his supernatural power, because they partner with you. So we're seeing things. I just got another testimony last night. You remember, we, I talked about on Sunday at least, at least twice in the last few weeks there's been a $1,000 bonus that's just showed up in people's mail. Mm -hmm. I said that Sunday. On Monday, another person got a $1,000 bonus. Wow. Just I just heard about it last night. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's, it's awesome. 
God loves you and he wants to increase you, but that's also a grace that's on a ministry, right? And yeah. it's real. It's a real thing. When I spoke that, I felt the power of God on it on Sunday. On Monday, uh, they won a $1,000 prize. You know, it's like glory to God. Yeah. <laughs> that's a grace. If you'd like a, to be a part of that grace, just be a partner. That's it. Go to giveww.org and uh, pray for us. Share the broadcast. We love you so very much. And uh, for anybody who's giving today, we just, Lord, let them be blessed. Pressed down, shaken together, running over shall men give into them in Jesus' name. We praise you and we worship you and we give you all of the glory. Amen. Amen. We love you so very much. Have a great day. Listen, stick around, watch the next video, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Here's Barrett to wrap it all up. Thanks for being here with us tomorrow. We're going to be back at 11.30 a.m. But if you want to come hang out with us in person, if you are a viewer of the broadcast, you can do that. Just send us a message and we'll let you know how you could be here in person, watch in person, even serve in person. So if you're ever interested in that, go to whatsright.com and then just send us a message and we'll get back with you. But also, if you want to hang out with us in person, Amazing Axe Week starts on Sunday. It, or not Sunday, just kidding. Just kidding. Boomerangs on Sunday. It starts on Monday. Monday through Friday, we are having the first ever Amazing Acts Week here at the church. It's going to be powerful. We have people traveling in to be a part of this week, and you want to be a part of it, too. So make the time. Schedule it. Be here. It's going to be life-changing. But we'll see you tomorrow, not just next week. We'll see you tomorrow, 11.30 a.m. here on the broadcast, YouTube, Facebook, all the places. We'll see you there.